Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. The 1998 NFL Draft is a pretty interesting study in contrast. Uh, the first two picks of the drafts, they were highly debated. The, the sort of draft experts uh, have been debating them for months and months, and it really came down to two players, Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, both quarterbacks. Uh, both had outstanding college resumes, were both uh, physically gifted, uh, both had all the intangibles to succeed at the position. Um, Peyton Manning, maybe you've heard his name before. Uh, Peyton Manning went on to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in history, uh, set all kinds of records, won two Super Bowls, and is enshrined in the Hall of Fame now as a, a famous uh, announcer, a, a sort of uh, TV announcer for football. Um, Ryan Leaf, on the other hand, uh, he was known in his playing days as not having a great work, work ethic. Uh, while other quarterbacks were studying film, he was off playing golf. See, he relied on his his sort of athleticism that carried him through success in college and assumed that that would be enough in the pros, but it wasn't. He was, uh, he was really just a terrible quarterback. He made sloppy mistakes. Uh, his attitude was poor. One of his teammates was quoted in saying that they wanted a quarterback who could win and not just one uh, that they had to babysit. Um, Ryan Leaf assumed that success would come just as easily to him in college as in the NFL, and he he didn't didn't put in the work, and and the criticisms about that uh, actually really got to him. And, and he turned to drugs and alcohol. Uh, he sort of flopped out of the league, and then uh, actually ended up spending about five years in jail. He's been in and out of rehab since, and currently is on probation once again. And um, that's not to dump on the guy. Uh, he's he's had enough of that in his life. But I, I think the contrast is really interesting between the two. Famously. Um, but for me, it reminds me that just because he was put on the field and given a jersey doesn't mean that the work was finished. And that was where he slipped up, was not putting in the work needed while he was in the game. Uh, the work wasn't finished, even though he was on the field. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to see some of this theme uh, pull up here in Philippians. So Philippians chapter 3 in verse 12. Uh, so this is Paul talking about, uh, again, the righteousness and the hope and the joy that we have in Jesus. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Uh, so uh, there's a, uh, this great image that not that, that Paul has already obtained it, right? Obtained being grabbed hold of it, grasped it, achieved it. So the apostle Paul, who planted most of the New Testament church, is saying, I have not yet achieved righteousness. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm not complete. I still have work to do. Even Paul is saying that. Uh, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Um, Paul's not living in yesterday's failures or his successes. Instead, he's pressing on, continuing to try and move forward, to push forward into what God has next. And, and we come back to Ryan Leaf, and in some ways, uh, his life is spent dwelling on his past successes uh, when he was in college, but also his past failures, and, and since uh, that time that he spent in the NFL as well, and, and, and trying to, to live that down. Forgetting what lies behind, press on to what is ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Uh, 
the imagery here is that of a runner, uh, a runner running in a race, uh, straining. And you get, you know, the image of a runner who, you know, the, the arms are back, the chest is stretched out, straining forward towards the goal. The goal being Christ's full life in us, the, the life abundant that Christ has for us, of pressing into that, chasing after it. The prize is being Christ himself, that, that, that we get Jesus, that we are with him in eternity if we run this race well. And, and into the upward call, which is progress on the journey of, of growing in holiness, of looking more like Jesus and experiencing more of the life the Spirit has for us. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. This is one of my my favorite little studies here, is is Paul says, not that I've already obtained, O-B-T, right? Obtained, gotten a hold of it, earned it. Um, But then he goes on to say here in verse 16, only let us live up to what we have attained. And and that verb is is sort of an open-handed gift. That which was, has been given to us, attained, A-T-T. So not that I've already obtained it, grabbed it, but let us live up to what we've already attained, meaning what God has put in our hands. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Uh, it's a, a quick note here on, on who are we following, who are we trying to look like, who is our example of what maturity looks like. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Um, He's talking here about a group known as the the sensualists, those who um, just pursued almost this hedonistic pursuit of pleasure, uh, shedding off the idea of righteousness. Uh, And he contrasts that with the Judaizers we saw in Galatians who were all about following the law. So Paul is broken about this group who aren't trying to to strain, to press towards growth and holiness. Uh, And he says they're, they're glorifying their identity is actually in things they should be ashamed of. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. We have hope outside of this world, that God has sealed our promise, and we run towards something that maybe we can't even see yet, but we trust and hope in what God is doing and what God is calling us into. Paul is calling the Philippian church and us, therefore, also into um, sort of this, this persevering race, that we one step after another, that we keep chasing after this idea of looking more like Jesus, this pursuit of holiness. Eugene Peterson says that discipleship is not a one-time acceptance, but it's a long obedience in the same direction. This idea of running a marathon with perseverance, one foot in front of the other, making progress, working our way towards the goal, which is life fully in Jesus. And and I think one of the the greatest dangers that we have in running this race is complacency. Uh, I came across a quote that really struck me, uh, struck me actually this week. I feel that because I'm not guilty of certain sins, I'm all right, and I cease to examine myself. 
Uh, meaning that if I compare myself to others or maybe I've just been in church my whole life and I know lots of things, um, that, that, that I grow complacent in assuming that I'm in a pretty good spot and I can just stop running. But shedding off that complacency, and, and, and Hebrews says shedding off the weight of sin that so easily entangles us, again, in this idea of, of running a race and shedding off the weights so that we can sprint towards the goal and, and continuing that push, pressing on. And what we see here, obstacles in this race, um, we see two opposing forces, and it's this tension that we see all the way through through Scripture, this idea of legalism and license, uh, of works versus faith, and, and, and the tension that exists between these two. And, and Paul says uh, that we need to, to not be legalistic, right? Uh, we see that earlier in Philippians, what was to my prophet I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Uh, it's not it's not about what I was able to do or what I was able to build. And legalism says that I must. And, and those were called the Judaizers. Um, but we know the truth to be that we can't get there on our own. So it's not about what we do on our own. But yet we also see this call, right, of, of pressing on, of chasing after, of taking it in fear and making it our own. And then on the flip side, we have the sensualists here who um, who sort of were known as antinomians, right, or anti-law, and that they should pile on sin just because God loves forgiving sin so much. And so there's this two tension, these two camps that Paul is, is, is waging against both and saying it's neither to be true, that we are saved by grace through faith, but there's this expectation that if we are saved, that we are going to run, that we, there's, we're going to work out our salvation, that there's, there's going to be works involved as we learn to live as we truly are of putting on that which has been given to us of taking off the old and putting on the new that we have and um, imagine in, in a rather abstract illustration uh, imagine that, that you had no legs and, and you were in a wheelchair and uh, and that was your life and and a wealthy benefactor came along one day and gave you this very expensive high-tech set of prosthetic legs it was this 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 generous gift beyond comprehension and you got these brand new legs that would that would enable you to run and the benefactor leaves them and, and simply says blessings on you and, and, and one side of this, of this tension would take these legs and, and in fear of waiting for, hey, this, this benefactor is going to come back one day and, and want to see these legs, so I better maintain them and preserve them. And so every day you get them out and you polish them and you build a display case and you set them up in the display case and they look terrific and, and you set up lights and then you pull them out and make sure that you're you know keeping them out of direct sunlight so they don't tarnish and, again, polishing them and putting them back away, dusting them off just in case someday the benefactor comes back and wouldn't want to see them dinged up. Uh, the other side, though, is, is perhaps, perhaps you receive the legs and, um, and maybe you wear them for a while but not stand up at all. And, and at one point you're just using them to you know, reach things off a high shelf. And uh, maybe you decide that you just how we're going to have a game. And you just throw them across the room and see how far you can throw them. They get beat up and they get broken. They get dinged up. Both of these sides have got it wrong, though, right, in this, in this silly illustration. Because the gift, the point of the gift was actually to put them on and run. Not to preserve them and make them look great, as good as possible. And not just to, to use them in whatever way you see fit, but 
The goal is to put them on and to run with them, to use them, to learn how to, to use these things in the way that they were designed so that you could enjoy them fully and experience more freedom. And, and I think that there's something about that in our faith, that, that this gift was given to us not so that we can protect it from being stained in the world and we just have to guard it you know, by any fear of it being distorted or twisted or... Um, but also not just sort of saying, yep, I've got this thing, now I can live however I want. But instead, it's about taking this faith and putting it on and making it real and running out into it and enjoying it and, and experiencing what God has for us as we, as we grow, as we learn, as we make mistakes, as we repent, and as we keep going, straining, pressing on towards the goal of the upward call in Christ. God has given us in grace this new life freely. And now we have to set about in becoming that which we already are. A long obedience in the same direction. Let's run this race marked out for us. For God's glory, for our joy. Let's pray. So Father, we ask that you would inspire us to run this race. God, show us the sin that's weighing us down. May we shed it off so that we can persevere and run well. That We would experience this upward call and the prize, which is you. May we not be complacent. May we not use our freedom to sin. But God, I pray that you would call us into life. We pray all this in your beautiful name. Amen. Well, uh, hope that, uh, that God is calling you to walk in a deeper sense of joy based on, on what he's done for us and what he's calling us into. Um, if there's anything that we can do to help you in this season uh, where we know everything is kind of in flux, just let us know. Even if you just need to chat, uh, give us a call. We love you. We're for you and we're with you. Have a great day.